Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to Connecting the Dots with Delro. I am your lovely host, Dylan Del Rosso, a.k.a. Delro, and I am here to help showcase the power of networking, both professionally and personally. On this podcast, myself and my incredible guests will share our stories on how the art of connecting has shaped our lives and careers. We'll share our successes, failures, embarrassments, tips and tricks, once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, and much more. What I'm getting at here is we're all here to connect with each other genuinely. Doesn't sound that bad, right? Well, listen, you'll be hearing plenty of me, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. As you just heard on the intro, I am Dylan Del Rosso, and today on Connecting the Dots with Del Rowe, I am joined by the one and only Ash Ainbinder. Ash is the Director of Business Development for CLEAR uh, and their sports vertical. Ash, how are you? I'm wonderful. It's Wednesday, so I got like two more days till Friday, but that still doesn't mean I take a break. So we're good. We're good well, here. You know what? I think it's impressive just that you knew what day it was. Because I know there are I had to think where, for a second. Right. There are times where we've spoken in the past and we've just coming up for air and we don't know where we're at. Um, but Ashley, so happy to have you on the show. Um, me and you, of course, are newer friends and everybody who watches my podcast is going to be like, do you have nothing but new friends? Like, were you just friendless a year ago? Yes, I yeah. was. Same. Um, but, uh, so yeah, you and I are newer friends. And of course, uh, we've already accomplished so much as far as networking and connecting people goes. But um, in fact, I think we've been so busy getting shit done that as far as like a personal standpoint, we know a, a good amount about each other, but there's so much to it that I think we haven't even gotten to. So why don't you give me a refresher as well as the listeners and, and tell them a little bit about your story. So it's funny because it took me a little bit of time to figure out the question, like, who is Ash? And then it kind of clicked. Um, do you know the song, You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon? I if love I need to Paul play this, Simon. If I need to I'm play sure... this right now. What's that? <laughs> I said, if I need to play this right now, I will play Listen, this. Listen, if you want to pull it up, get, get it going. Uh, you know what? I'm All a right. big Paul Simon fan. If I, if I heard it, I bet I would know it but I can't recognize it by title. You know what we can do? If you're pulling it up, great. If not, I'll have Tom, my editor, just throw it in here like right now or something. Like we can just. Done, okay. All right, cool. I'll throw in a little tidbit in the episode. Nailed it. But what's your point? Paul Simon, as soon as like that first note hits, like that like, Oh, of course. Yeah, okay, you know this song. We're good. That's the vibe I'm trying to bring into a room here. So we'll just start with that. <laughs> all right. We're on the same yeah. page. This so Paul work. Simon vibes all the way. Um, but who is Ash? So born and raised in New York, Long Island kid, um, went to Hofstra, played ball at Hofstra there. Um, spent some time down in Tampa, had a blast. And I was like, damn, really miss New York. Have to come back. Um, found myself back on Long Island, um, super close with my family. So it's great to be back here and kind of developing a new professional network um, in New York, which is different and out of the norm for me because it's always been family and friends and college and things like that. So it's been exciting to be back here. Um, I am big on adventure and travel, obviously, given right now, that's like not a thing, but um, I guess a fun fact, climbed Kilimanjaro like two years ago. All right. So <laughs> you got me beat. 
that was pretty rad. Um, that was like the first thing like climbing wise I ever done. I literally woke up on a Tuesday. And I was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I booked a flight to Tanzania by myself. And five months later, I found myself at the base of Kilimanjaro. What in the world? <laughs> I'm kind of a psychopath sometimes. <laughs> when was this? When, what year was that? This was two years ago. Oh, uh, well, Holy cow. I guess now three. So 20, no, it was two, 2019. All right. So that's, um, that's pretty spontaneous. You asked who was at. No, I, I, that's a definition. Paul Simon and Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> if you take anything away from this episode it's just those two things right there that is ash uh ash that's fantastic i'm trying to think of like the most spontaneous thing i've ever done i don't think i would have ended up in tanzania i went <laughs> skydiving with my wife becky we were engaged i think at the time and she's like let's go we're going today i'm like all right just don't tell my dad you know like if he knows that we're going he'll show up and he'll stop the whole thing yeah um uh, fantastic so Ash, you, you hit on it right at the beginning of your intro. You grew up an athlete. Of course, I did as well. Baseball, softball. Um, even I think our schools rep the same colors. I mean, I'm rocking MU yeah. right here. Yeah, you know, we um, got it. So what other sports did you play growing up, if any? And was softball the first love for you? Or? Um, so first love, but I got shoved in a couple ways along my path. Uh, my mom was actually on the U.S. judo team. She could like literally kick my ass with her bare hands. Um, my dad, um, big football guy, like your classic leatherhead when it comes to football. That is him. Nose tackle. I have a younger brother. So when I hit college for me, my dad was like, well, high school, I should say. My dad was like, oh, you should go try out and play, play football. You should go and try out for the wrestling team. I was like, dad, relax. Like my brother will get here. Mike will come. Um, but when I was younger, like I got pushed into judo, but that just wasn't for me. Um, I ended up playing field hockey actually and volleyball as well. Um, but ended up sticking with softball. Like that was just my MO, um, and where I found my passion. Awesome. Really cool. You know, I grew up like I was baseball primarily loved playing basketball, absolutely addicted to golf, but you know, it was something about, you know, baseball and, and obviously softball, the counterpart, like, you know, I heard somebody say it, I'm sure you've heard this before something about hitting a round ball with a round bat squarely is like the hardest thing anybody can do. Mind boggling. <laughs> right. Now I say that, frankly, I couldn't hit ever. I hung up, I hung up the bat as soon as people started throwing curveballs. I started throwing them myself. That's about the only reason I made it to college is because I was throwing from the left side, but uh, very cool. So I actually, uh, I got a question for you. So I, re I recently yeah. did like a speaking engagement and uh, I was asked like about being a college athlete and how it best prepared me for my career. And my answer was kind of two prong. I said, in long story short, A, you can't knock the hustle, right? Like those kids who worked hard, you know, that, guess what? They were at the top of the lineup. They were your starting shortstop and they were pitching every Friday. Like, they were the hardest workers and they were playing. So that was one thing I learned for sure. And then also to separate yourself from the competition. I was the hefty lefty just throwing knees and elbows at you. And I ended up having to drop it down to the side because freshmen were coming in throwing way harder than I was. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how do I kind of separate myself here? How do I get some innings? Because it ain't doing it over the top at 77 miles an hour. So um, tell me again sorry for the rant the rant no, there, you're good but, uh people know that happened <laughs> tell me tell me how being a college athlete best prepared you for your career 
So to your point, uh, it's a little twofold. So I'll start with one about like hustle and grind, right? So you have the people that like get their scholarships and are just naturally gifted and talented. Yeah. And you see that and you're like, as a starter in high school or crushing it in travel ball, you're like, that's going to be me. Like I've always grinded and busted my ass. And then sometimes you're faced with this adversity when you're a freshman or even throughout your entire college career, where like, you aren't the most talented person on the team, but if you're not the most talented, like, what are you going to do to bust your ass? Like make a statement. What are you going to do? Are you going to take extra reps? Are you going to like stay after practice? Are you going to come early? Like, what is it that's going to separate you from the pack for like that moment when someone leans on you and says like, Hey, we need you in this moment. And we know you prepared like you to be that go-to person. So I think like the concept of pressure and how like incredibly talented people handle, handle pressure, but they've never, I don't know if they truly handled pressure because it's always come natural to them versus the person that's always been like back up against the wall and has been pressured, pressured, pressured their entire life. And I've like found myself in that bucket with softball. Cause interestingly enough, like I was more gifted at field hockey than I was at softball. I didn't find that out until like later point in my life, but it was always a grind for me. Like I was always fighting for a position. So I think like, that's one part of it, of it. It's like, you're always up against something. There's always an element of competition. And then the second part is like the sport of like softball and baseball in itself. You are always failing. Like I'm always falling on my ass. I'm you're striking out more times and like you're, you may or may not be getting on base. Like home runs may come easy. They may not like dingers <laughs> fly in here and there, but like you succeed one out of three times and you're in the hall of fame. Like yeah. that's the MO and you've heard that your whole life too. So for me, like that translated naturally into like sales and biz dev where I'm getting a door slammed in my face all day long. I'm getting nose all day long. Well, fine. Like, thank you next. Like yeah. if it's a no, all right, great. I'm, I'm going to get to a yes. And like, it's that one element of success or that one home run or like that one dinger that like gives you that life to keep going. <laughs> you nail it there. <laughs> That's it's really- like, damn, I just had like a drought for like, just straight whiffing for like four games but like game number five I come in and just hit like a bomb like we're good yeah. I, <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I absolutely love it and I think you nailed it too because I even a conversation I had with you know uh somebody who I, I don't want to say I have a mentor relationship with them I'm a 26 year old kid trying to figure it out <laughs> I think I just share my story and people like to share theirs with me but a conversation I had earlier today was um, this individual just started with the Dolphins uh, in a sales role. And, you know, we're chatting about like different ways to get ahead and, you know, separate yourself from the rest of the pack. And I said, listen, if you're going to go, we were talking about selling B2B, right? And of course, I came from like, I took, I jumped right into B, B2B head first with the Jets. I had to learn like overnight terrifying but a lot of fun but I said to people I said you know fall in love with no and but not only fall in love with no get to the nose quicker because you're gonna you're just gonna fly through nose so I said by the way the quickest way to get a no out of somebody is build a genuine relationship with them because they're gonna say listen ash it's not this isn't it it's not really for us how else can I help right because there's so many lesser people who would just string you along string you along string you along good people are going to say, listen, it's not for me. What's next? I think there's also a difference between like settling for a no and being afraid to ask the tough questions. Like there are so many people that will settle for no, but also didn't do the due diligence to pry. 
Like, did you pry? Did you get all the answers you need? And then did that lead you to no? Or are you too scared to ask those questions and you settled for no? Yeah. And that's, I wish I caught on to that. Like I caught on to it, thankfully, like earlier in my career, but like if I could have caught on to it even earlier, like that's my number one go-to piece of advice for folks in sales right now. I knew it. You, I knew you were going to say that because, <laughs> well, after you said it, it makes sense because you've been there. I have, yeah. I have really struggled to ask those questions. Like in the meeting, perfect prospect. They're begging me to ask to close. And I just don't. And I'm like, yeah. I walk out of there. I'm going down the elevator. I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> I had it in the bag. Um, that's really interesting. Great, great piece of advice. Um, I want to ask him a side question. Last thing on yeah. the uh, softball and baseball topic. I have like incredible stories from back in the college days, but the most, the thing I remember most are like the crazy workouts, like just, you know, I want to know if you have any like nightmare horror stories of like workouts you had to go through in the middle of the <laughs> night or like at 6am. Do you have anything that comes top of mind? I think, I think the problem is I still do those crazy workouts oh, that's right. and like, <laughs> and maybe my workouts now are even crazier than they that's were true. in college, forgetting. but I do have like one like horrifying story that still sits with me every day. And every moment, like I put a helmet on my head, I think about this moment. <laughs> uh freshman year it's probably like our first or second week into fall practice and we're going through all of our signs so we have coach up at their baseline and we had the most difficult signs like in the game it was like head shoulders knees like do a circle twirl around and like oh that actually by the way means nothing so pay attention to the next set of things um and we basically we had gotten in trouble for something. So he lined us up on the plate because he knew everyone was like doing a shit job at figuring out what signs were so far. So seniors are going, juniors are going, you start getting to the sophomores and like people start messing up. You start getting to the sophomores a little bit more, more people start messing up. Coach starts getting pissed off. Of course, like I'm like the very last freshman at the end of the line to go. And just before me, he goes, that's it. The next person. And this is the sign. You don't want to know what's going to happen. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So I step up to the plate. I don't even know what he did. I blacked out. And it definitely wasn't bunt. I can tell you that. Oh, no. <laughs> I go to lay down the bunt and I'm like, and I just see him throw his hat across the, uh, the field. He's like, aim binder, poles. And I'm like, God. So I go, I go to jog down. I go to take my helmet off. He goes, no, keep your helmet on. Hold your bat. I had to run poles for an hour and a half with my helmet on and my bat basically until the end of practice to be summoned in when the sun was coming down. <laughs> oh my Lord. Yeah. Now, needless to say, I will never miss a sign ever again in my life. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. Um, <laughs> no, that's absolutely fantastic. I think back to like, I just remember you know, like in the fall, we'd have the 6 a.m. like lifts or something out on the track. And we went to playing baseball or softball, by the way, people don't realize in the Northeast, oh, you're yeah. starting your season at the end of February. There's snow on the, look, look, it's the end of it's February. <laughs> Welcome to college baseball in the Northeast, you know. Um, I just remember Dream being out on the track and uh, we were doing like relay races, but like we had to lunge backwards around the track. And then the next lap was like carrying 45 pound weights. And then 
I'm just like, who even thinks of this stuff, man? Yeah, we, uh, I remember there was actually this, I used to come back and like work out with the wrestling team in the summer, <laughs> just like train and get my cardio up. And there was one workout where you're basically like partnered with whatever weight class was with the wrestling team. And I remember there was a workout in the summer where you had to basically carry someone and do stairs around the entire stadium with that person on your back and then also push them on the sled to go back and forth. And once you got through that entire round, then you would flip and then that other individual that was just carried for that entire workout would now carry you oh. and do that entire workout. <laughs> okay. You lost it, was, it. it was rough, but I, I, the, the psycho in me kind of loved it. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. As soon as you, you lost me, as soon as you said carrying somebody on your back doing stairs. So uh, <laughs> that's wild. Um, very cool. So transitioning a little bit more toward, I guess, the less fun stuff, but definitely the That's good cool. stuff. Um, <laughs> listen, so you've already had uh, quite an extensive resume with, with a variety of sales roles uh, from selling group tickets for the One World Trade Center to premium sales with NFL on location to Tulu, which is a wild company that we connected on in the cleaning and sanitation space. And now even, of course, your newest venture with Clear. Um, you have done it all right in such a short amount of time. And I want to kind of touch on something that's pretty prevalent or prevalent recently, uh, for the young professional today, you see individuals moving from business to business way more than you saw, like, you know, what our parents were doing, right? My mom or my dad, they worked for the same company their whole life, right? It's just like, that's how it was. So (laughs) how have you successfully navigated through all these challenging industries and and how have you been able to separate yourself from the competition along the way? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a little bit of a dynamic answer. I think like in sports and entertainment, you think it's an environment that's like always on it's 24 seven and things are ever changing. So I feel like a lot of people are capitalizing on that change and how can they be the leaders in the space to like be the first to do something and be the ones that the headlines are written about and not being the one reading the headline. I think that provokes a lot of movement specifically in the sport and entertainment vertical. Like when I was in undergrad for me, I thought I wanted to be an athletic director. I was like gung ho. I'm going to be the next AD at UCLA and no one is stopping me. So organically my mentors became, you know, my, my AD and other ADs as well. And when I got down to USF, like I just realized that like the college space wasn't for me but I knew I loved the relationship building side of IMG and partnerships and like being that solution based individual. Um, I also think a lot stems from like trial and error. So it's a lot of like finding things you're passionate about, but also finding things like you don't like to do either. Like I can say that there are a lot of things that like I love to do and I like to do, but when I started to narrow down that list and say like, I sure shit don't like doing that. I don't like doing this, not passionate about, about that but like this gets me out of bed and gets me going yeah um i think more folks now are vocal about what they're passionate about and they're more willing to take a risk like especially in a market like right now where you know given covid and everything like a lot of things are just unstable and no one knows what a future looks like at their current company or next company and like now's the time to get uncomfortable like because everyone's uncomfortable so why not like if you're afraid to be uncomfortable, why not take a risk while everyone's afraid to be uncomfortable? Um, like, it's, it sounds so like contradicting in a while, but you know, we'll, we'll get to it. I'm sure a little bit with like the token CEO stuff yeah. as well. Um, 
but when I get asked this question, it's just about embracing being uncomfortable. And when I, when I went from place to place, like from, from legends to on location to, you know, the next role and the next role, it was something that was brought up in conversation the other day. Like it, it was never a matter of, of leaving something because I wanted to escape it. It was always a matter of capitalizing on a new opportunity to add tools to my toolkit. So like I learned something at, at OLE and I had incredible leadership. Like I want to continue working for really great people, but like now I want to sell at a higher level and like touch different things and be a part of different opportunities and different events. So each one of these organizations, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have just incredible people to work for. And that's always been a core value of mine is like, you work for great people, you know, they'll put you in the right direction and hold you accountable. Um, and then with that just opens up doors to be able to, to guide different opportunities for yourself, like make a name for yourself internally, do the jobs that other people don't want to do um, and start carving that out for yourself and, and you'll make yourself a role. Yeah. Holy hell. Um, <laughs> it was again, a lot. <laughs> no, no, a, a lot, a lot is good and bad. That was the good, good side of it. Uh, you, you said a couple things and, you know, you know, I think you touched on one thing and it made me think because I have a bunch of conversations every day and people are like, oh, Dylan, you're so lucky to have like found your calling like so early. I'm like, lucky. I just went and crossed everything off. I, you have no idea how unlucky I've been, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm only lucky on the surface uh, because hell, I earned it, right? And, you know, I had yeah. trouble saying that for a long time, but, you know, it, it happened. But, but at the same time, like you make your own luck. Like yeah. you put the work in to guide you to this path. Like there was a lot of stuff you had to go through that probably sucked. And like now it's paying off. So yeah. uh, I think it's paying off. It looks like it's paying off. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Everybody's like, oh, I feel like I'm crushing it. But then I'm like, well, really, what do I have to show for it yet? I'm like, it's coming, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I see exactly what you're saying. And you, you, you said one other thing too. And it's like wanting to add to your arsenal. It's like, yeah. you know, I did the same thing. I had a really unique opportunity early in my career as a 24 year old to go manage a ticket sales staff. And I said to myself, well, hell, you know, first of all, I'm a little hungover on Mondays when I come in the office still like, let, let's not put other people's careers in my hands just yet. But, but at the same time, you know, hell, I hadn't been able to, I've never sold a single B2B ticket before that day. And so how could I go manage a ticket sales staff when I've only really done one side of sales? So I was like, hell, let me go try this Jets thing and try and sell a suite, you know, never did it before, but I got uncomfortable, you know, yeah. like I jokingly say I was in the city with, first of all, I grew up a Jets fan. I'm out with the players and the coaches and all this stuff. I'm like fanboying so hard, but, and then they come up to you and it's your time to like have an intelligent conversation at the bar. And you're just like, um, oh, I love uh, lamb. I really hear it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really interesting. I want to, I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. I do that with every guest. Do you mind if we just like nail you with a Let's couple? Let's do right it. Now? I'm All ready. Right. Here we go. Really quickly. Favorite sports teams. Go Bolts. Let's go lightning. Okay. <laughs> do you have any other favorite teams outside of them or you just, I mean, jets and Mets, but like I have a Stanley cup, so I have to just lean that right way there. a little bit right now. <laughs> All right. Love it. Uh, next one. First drink you order at the bar. Moscow mule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I'm so boring. I'm like the beer. I like <laughs> beer. I'll start with beer. Can I get a Budweiser? Please? Yeah. Um, favorite movie? Big Daddy. Oh, you were ready for that one. Oh That's my God. Big. It's, it's tough. Like it's, 
Big Daddy, I will always watch. <laughs> Doesn't matter, day, time, don't care. But like Forrest Gump is a close second. But like I need time. I need time to process that. Like you Forrest can't just Gump. watch that. <laughs> Forrest Gump is my favorite movie. And like if I see it on television, I don't care if it just started or if it's 15 minutes from the finish. I have to finish it. Have to watch it. You have to. And unfortunately, it's the same way with Titanic. And that's a four-hour movie with commercials. So um best pizza you've ever had. Now listen, you're from Long Island. I know that's a whole separate game out there. Do you have a pizza? Do you are you in this game? My gut says like there's no such thing as like bad pizza. That's what my gut wants to say. That's a but great answer. I've been dabbling in like the artisanal pizza game okay so like there's some like local spots so i'm over in long beach on long island um honestly bricks and barley their pizzas they'll to go pizzas top notch i'm writing top it down notch. do it bricks and barley <laughs> you think has portnoy been there he's been next door okay uh to gino's portnoy get get over to bricks and barley but okay. like i'll tell you bricks blows it away <laughs> All right, I'm writing it. It's on my list. Uh, very cool. Um, favorite subject in school? I always find this one interesting. High school or college? Give me both. One or the other doesn't matter. Uh, college was painting 101. Oh, yeah? I Fun fact, I drew a self-portrait uh, like my first week. Uh, well, painted a self-portrait my first wow. week. I think it's still in like my parents' basement or something. Are it you definitely stay there? <laughs> are you? Oh, okay. I was just gonna say, are I'm you not good? No. <laughs> okay. I'm like now the paint by numbers person. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was a good learning experience. Um, That's fun. High school was marine biology because okay. I thought I wanted to be a marine biologist, but then I got introduced to chemistry and took a hard left turn. <laughs> on that thought <laughs> i don't even blame you chemistry was my worst absolute worst <laughs> subject uh last one. First thing you're doing when this pandemic is over officially over and we can all let our hair down what what's the first thing you're doing i am getting on a plane and doing the trip that i was supposed to do last year to backpack through chile and argentina and go through torres del pine like their glacier national park um another solo trip there you go yeah. i gotta start uh i might ask my wife if i can do these solo listen trips. i'm telling you <laughs> i so I, I people tell me i'm crazy for doing this but no. the most freeing experience is going to a place that is and this might sound like very hippie of me as well Get but it. going to a place that's completely outside of your comfort zone where no one like no one speaks like english isn't their native language like politics like no one it was it's not even like politics doesn't matter but like everyone just wants to know if you're having a good time yeah. and like it's such a free experience to go somewhere and like people are just so welcoming and just like i don't know it's it's something you just have to do have you read matthew mcconaughey's new book green lights i've heard multiple times that i have to read it well but. everything you just <laughs> said he says in that book you know he basically it's his life journals. His la he cracks open his journals for the last 30 years. And he's gone and disappeared for 50 days in the desert. And, you know, he does all that kind of stuff. If I can do that, I, I would. I know you would. And he says <laughs> it's the best thing ever. I can only imagine. I got to get in the gym. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll write you some workouts. I got yeah, you. <laughs> please. Uh, so, Ash, let's talk, let's talk token CEO. Let's talk Erica Nardini, the LinkedIn group, everything. Give, give the people an idea of, of what we got going on there. 
All right. Um, so token CEO, I mean, Erica started the podcast, obviously last year during quarantine and Erica, sorry to interrupt you for anybody yeah. who's not familiar, Erica Nardini is the CEO of Barstool Sports. Sorry, Ash, go for it. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Um, started this podcast in the middle of quarantine. She didn't know where it was going. Listeners didn't really know where it was going. We were just along for the ride and it was relatable content that, I think we all connected to no matter what industry you came from or where you work or where you went to school or where you were in the world. Um, fast forward to what grew into hundreds of people becoming listeners to this podcast and Erica deciding to put like an official Zoom call together for our, all the folks that were on um, the subscriber base. That Zoom call happened, an idea got brought up, say like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we have like some sort of a mentor group? And we already have like a Facebook group going where we have a bunch of different discussions going on. And I was like, damn, yeah, that'd be a really cool idea. Um, like, obviously, there's a, a, a good chunk of people on here that have LinkedIn's and things like that. So it might be a good idea to, in a means of just easing communication, to get all these folks on a, in a LinkedIn group so you can understand like who's working where and how we can connect with one another. Um, I got with two other women that are actually in the group, Ashberger um, and Ellie Bloat as well. And we got together and we we're like, we don't know what we're doing either, but let's just run with this idea and see what happens. We put out a submission form that asked a couple questions like name, where you're from, where you went to school. Um, you know, Erica's podcast on like Thursday, it's like one fucking good thing uh, for the week. So it's like one cool fact about you that we should know. Um, and then also like why you want to be in the group. Like, I feel like a lot of networking groups, and I'm sure you've experienced it as well, going to like conferences, like you're around the same people talking about the same stuff all the time. And for me, I'm just like, I feel like it's a job and it's a hassle. It's a chore for me to have to go to these things from time to time. And you're hearing the same conversations over and over. And then on the flip side of things, like you always get like those circumstances where you're like, all right, I don't know anyone here. I'm flying solo. Like, I'm going to try and like latch on to like my buddy in the conference and like see where it goes. And maybe you pass out some business cards and you hear from someone in a week and that's it. Yep. So like, how can we create a platform that's more engaging to give people an opportunity that they may or may not have had um, outside of this space to connect on a deeper level and just like build relationships. Cause like the relationship is what's going to drive all the other conversations. So we had this form, we had like, 115 people submit the form in like two weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. We're like, all right, let's organize this thing. So um, I found that like in other mentor groups I've built, like doing one-on-ones can be kind of odd because like, let's say you and I are paired together and like our personalities are different or like, it just doesn't yeah. click and mesh. I'm like, okay, great. It fails. It's like, not really yeah. clicking by the way. Yeah. Me and you, it's like, we, yeah, we should just stop this right now. Um, <laughs> no, but you have those circumstances and it just becomes like a lot to kind of manage. So what I found works best is we broke it out into groups. Uh, we had 18 groups to start. So 18 groups of six people, two of which were that raised their hand to be mentors for that were mentees or wanted to be both, whatever it may be. From there, we have one group leader for each one to facilitate conversations, meetups, topics, things of that sort. And for us, it was like, you know, we don't want to be like, the kings and queens of saying, you have to do this for your groups. You have to do that. It's like saying, Hey, here's your group. 
go in, figure out like what makes this thing successful for them, what makes it fall in their ass um, and take it from there. Like we'll help facilitate these conversations and organize things to come together. Um, and we'll tweak some things via feedback from you guys. But like, we want you to own it. Like, if you don't want to be here, like you don't have to be here. Um, it's as simple as that. Like it's, it's something where we're finding a niche for people to grow professionally and personally too. I mean, like my, I know with the first meetup call that I had with my pod, you know, I asked like, you know, do we want to talk about job stuff? Do we want to talk about mental health? Do we want to talk about relationships? Do we want to talk about different industries? Is someone trying to change jobs? Who can I introduce you to that will help you get there? Or who do you want to know? Or what can you learn? So it's just asking the group again, what makes this successful to them? I think as we've grown these pods, it's been really cool to see. We now have 40 pods. Is it at 40? Yeah. I was going to say, I think we are at 40 pods as of last week. Uh, we just did like the second round of submissions and we organized everyone out and um, have all the group leaders out 40 pods. So we have like 130 ish more people sign up. So there's over 200 people in this thing now. Um, and now we're doing like pod meetups. We're having guest speakers come in. Um, last week, it was like my pod and another pod met up and we did a workout uh, to start off the pod meetup. So it was all about just like how daily movement can affect like your energy levels throughout the day and like building routines and mental health and how all these things come full circle. So it's been really cool to just like get to know people virtually because there, quite frankly, there are some people in this group where I'm like, you guys are my rocks. Like you guys oh are like God, yeah. quickly becoming like close friends with me. And I've never even met you. And all I want to do is shotgun a beer with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, we'll have to talk about letting our hair down whenever all this is over. We'll yeah. <laughs> um, I want to touch on a couple of things, you know, yeah. I think, first of all, I, it's unbelievable it's over 40 pod, or forty different pods, groups. I'm going to look back and say, I think I was one of the first 18 group leaders. So I'm like stoked about that because I think I see this just growing and growing yeah. and growing. And there's a reason why, because everyone's on the same page. And what I mean by that is everybody's here for the same reason. We want to connect. And the way you kind of set it up, you and the other uh, girls running this, really fascinating you kind of organize it to where you're going to be in a group with five other people who don't do what you do all different yeah, they're all different industries too like right. there's no there's no hidden agenda there's no. no like everyone is very transparent in this group it's like what are you here for and like what do you guys want and how can i help you that yeah. is the go-to question how can i help you how and can we help you like what can we do and that's um, my playground, right? I know, that's, 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 that's your MO. <laughs> I know, I love it. As a connector of people, I'm just telling everybody, like with the cross pods, which, which I love cross podinating. Podinating, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that has hung around. Yeah, uh, I love it. But uh, no, it's been great. My group has been fantastic. We did a cross pod. We're introducing people like crazy. Networking is happening on an, an exponential level. And just naturally, you know, great people, are introducing other great people to their great businesses and it's just happening naturally and it's really really fun to What's watch wild is i've probably developed more quality relationships in this pandemic than i have probably the year prior or two years prior and i don't Whole know if that prior. yeah i Whole don't know lifetime. if it's a product of people like craving 
like that social interaction and like not having it or not having their calendars as full with like these events that they used to go to or going out to bars or restaurants and meeting people. But like the quality of relationships that I'm building right now too, I think is tremendously different than it was a year, two years ago. No, absolutely. I feel like everything I know, everything I know in business and in life, I learned from March, 2020 on. Like anything (laughs) else is just gone. Uh, Nothing else matters. Um, Nothing else matters. (laughs) No, it's really, really fantastic. And I can't wait to see where this goes. I, uh, I think my, we're next cross potting on March 1st um, with uh, Liz's group who we spoke about and we got Riggs coming in Riggs from Barstool Golf. And I, again, going to be fanboy pretty hard and uh, I'm just putting it out there. uh, (laughs) Um. No, it's absolutely insane. You talk about job seekers, you know, what we're finding in just a couple of groups that I've been with, so many people are in transition, obviously, right? New careers, things they've never done before, myself, yourself included, right? Like, we need help. You know, and those who are willing to ask for it, they're taking the shortcuts that are right in front of them. For some reason, people want to overthink it. It's like, not, it's always been about who you know, yeah. Right now, more than ever, that's just incredibly obvious. So I think this platform and I think what Erica has been able to do with this podcast and strip down so many conversations that are needing to be had. Yeah. Uh, incredible. And uh, just totally stoked. Hopefully somewhere down the line, Erica will be a guest on. <laughs> There's my pitch, Erica. Yeah. <laughs> there uh, it is, loud and clear. <laughs> so. Ash, tell, tell us a little bit more about how somebody can get involved in this token CEO LinkedIn group if they want to start networking. Yeah, I would say one, uh, if you're not listening to the podcast already, like that's what we're connected on. Uh, so like I've had people ask me like, how can I get involved? How can I get involved? I'm like, great, you can join the LinkedIn group, but like just know that the basis of his group is based off of conversations that are happening in the podcast. So yeah. that's one. Um, two, join the LinkedIn group. We're going to reopen submissions um, in a month. We just got through our second round. So I already have people asking again, how they can submit their form to be a part of it. Um, so that's really exciting. <laughs> no, it really is. And uh, I'm getting a crazy glare from my apartment here, but we'll just have to roll with it. Oh, wow. I think I found my lighting. Oh, there you go. There you go. Holy hell. <laughs> uh, so kind of going off of the, um, the LinkedIn group here, I'd yeah. say it's pretty obvious that you've now well cemented yourself into the barstool culture and the business and the individuals there. I'm obsessed with everything about the company um, for all the right reasons. What is it about that business and their employees that makes them so hard to ignore? Transparency. Yeah. I think there's transparency into every aspect of their business. And to Erica's point, like they're unapologetic about it as well. Like there's, I'm sure there's calculated reasons as to why they are doing the things that they are doing, but like, they're not afraid to take risks. And like, if they fail, they fail, but it, but if they succeed, like more times than not recently, it's been a big win and it's been to the moon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like this whole concept of like being transparent in what's happening in their business internally, not being afraid to express like personal beliefs um, from leadership, I think like externally as well. I think, you know, you have to read the room and understand like the kind of environment and business you work in as well. Like for some folks, that's not very easy just based upon like their leadership group or the environments that they are for their current state and their current business. But for them, they've just like built a story around transparency, honesty, 
and risk taking. Um, and I appreciate that. I think like that's something that I have really held on to, like personally. Like it's all about just like going back to the softball and baseball thing and like college athletics. It's about a grind. But yeah. if you're not afraid to work and like be a part of that grind, like yeah. we'll leave you on the corner. Like, thanks. I'm right off to the sunset. <laughs> you uh you, you mentioned transparency, right? It's the first thing you said. And and that's absolutely, in my opinion, the right answer too, because when you're transparent, when you have nothing to hide, right? I'm coming, I'm launching a business in the fintech space. Okay. That's funny for me to even still say I'm not the fintech guy, but the reason why I'm going in and it's going to work, I think it's because of the transparency. When you have no secrets, when you are, when everything you're doing is available for everybody to see, you can't be canceled, right? Like, it's like, how could you hate us? I mean, if we do something wrong, we'll pay for it. Right. But I mean, um, no, what an incredible company. So, uh, I'm so excited to see where all that goes. I don't think Barstool or Erica or Dave or any of these people are going anywhere anytime soon. So, no. um, <laughs> all right. So I've been holding off on asking you about your newest career with clear. because <laughs> I know there's so much we could, we could cover. All good. Tell me first about your new position there. Uh, why you decided to join that rapidly expanding team. It's- a great question. Um, first and foremost, I am obsessed with our leadership team. I think the people that are guiding the ship are just brilliant minds. Um, they have a vision. And what is important is that the resources are put towards that vision and they're yes people. There's no no, it's yes and, or what can we do? Or, you know, that's not a solution right now, but it can be. And how can we get there? And for me, I feel like a lot of times, you know, on the sports side, and you might have seen it too, like you might have these ideas and like the resources or just like the structure of leadership, whether that be like stuck in some traditional mindset, like might not be caught up to that speed. So you're just like stuck in this rut of like, oh, I'm here, but like, I want to be here. It's not like that with clear. It's like, you're here and you want to get there. Okay. Let's, let's paint that picture. Let's see what that looks like. So I think leadership and that roadmap um, was really exciting to me. Um, to be able to work um, for Justin Gurney. I've been wanting to work for or with him for quite some time now. Uh, and now I have the pleasure to, so I'm pumped about that. He's just a brilliant mind in, in the sports space. And you talk about relationships and that guy is one that loves them. He loves yeah. building them. He loves curating them. He loves to be a part, a part of them. And it's, it's really exciting to like be around the kind of energy um, that he brings to the table. Um, the second part of it is like, when I transitioned to Tulu, there was something about health and wellness, technology, and sports that I was uber passionate about. Yeah. And when I decided to move into Clear, I was like, this is exactly where I want to be. Like, I believe so much in their vision and what they're doing in the space to transform a guest experience or a fan experience or a staff experience that, like, they're all things that, like, I have been itching to do on the other side and never had the opportunity to like be a part of that journey of what that looks like um can you give sorry to interrupt you can you yeah. give them uh the listeners a ten thousand foot view of clear and what it is you guys are doing in the space yeah of course so clear at its core is a biometric identification company we use verified identity to access different 
points in which like a guest or a consumer would go throughout their day-to-day -day habits. So you think about clear traditionally, like in the airport model, you've probably seen like the clear lanes and, you know, traditionally it was utilizing fingerprints or facial recognition technology to identify Dylan is Dylan. And this is Dylan's information. Great. We can marry these two things together. Right. When we flip that on its head a little bit and look to what that is in the sports space, they had introduced um, what's called health pass. So Health Pass is an app that lives within the Clear app as well. Um, Health Pass links um, laboratory tests or, or health uh, survey information and also temperature screens and things of the sort to Dylan's account. So in lieu of protecting sensitive information, what we do is show either Dylan is green or Dylan is red to get into City Field, for example. Right. Um, we're hyper protective over data and information sharing. Um, that's one of our core values is keeping that protected and making sure that the consumer and their information um, that they are providing is completely under wraps. Um, and what is shown is only something that's obviously prohibited publicly. Wow. I mean, kind of like a, the mind. I know. It's like, <laughs> it's a, it really is like a 10,000 foot view. Um, we have a lot of like really innovative ideas when it comes to like the fan experience, like how we, we can make that journey from like street to seat as frictionless and seamless as possible. I think of all these little things about like, you know, how can I have a beer already waiting for me in my seat that yeah. the Jets know I go to every, like I'm at every single home game for the Jets and they know I sit in section 101, row one, seat one. Like they know that I drink Bud Light every single game. Why is there not a beer waiting for me already? Yeah. And I feel like I've asked that question on the sports side and now being like on the tech side, it's like, how can we bring that to life? Like, how can we be on this path of making this experience so wildly frictionless for people that like we're anticipating and now predicting and knowing what Dylan wants before he even gets there. Um, that excites me. Like I can go on all day long about that. Um, no, listen, you could, and I would let you, but really <laughs> all I needed to hear is that somewhere in the near future, I'll show up to a beer at my seat. Uh, and I hope so. <laughs> that's really all I gathered. Uh, no, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I wanted to know, of course, it's, it's obvious you guys are, you guys are hiring like crazy right now. And I just wanted to know if you wanted to speak to any of the opportunities currently available, uh, at clear. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, there's over a hundred opportunities open. I feel like every day I'm getting a notification that there's a new job open. There's a new role. Someone's hiring for this. Someone's hiring for that. Um, and it's exciting. Um, you know, we look to Harbor incredible talent and people that, you know, challenge thought and are also on the same wavelength of yes people um they're creative and they think outside the box um it just we're on like it's rapid fire yeah, no, <laughs> i have no works. words for it i mean i'm i wouldn't say i'm a pro i'm a week and a half in so, <laughs> so i'm like kind of a veteran but it's it's been really exciting to navigate um it's an incredible culture to be in this far um the people are welcoming beyond belief um been it's been a good ride so far <laughs> i'm so happy it's working out um you're destined for big things and so are they so i'll definitely be keeping a close eye um i want to know ash uh what's next for you i mean what's oh next for you? who are you looking to connect with how can i help you uh the question that makes the world go around so what's next for ash 
I don't even know what I'm having for dinner tonight. Yes. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, like for me, obviously, like I, I'm getting everything squared away with all things clear. And I mentioned to you a couple of times, we're literally like building the house while we're in it. So that's a big focus of mine. I think I'm starting to realize like what passion projects mean to me as well. So everything with like the token CEO stuff and like, how can I continue to build that and make it, you know, helpful for other people as well and be an extension there. Um, it's been really exciting for me. Like what I feel where I feel fulfillment is like when I get a DM or someone shoots me a note on LinkedIn saying like, Hey, you know, I connected with so-and-so in this group and now I have an interview or like, I just got a new job and so-and-so in this group hired me. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, you guys my day. like that's what gets me going. Like that's so like, for me, what's next. I like, I'm just asking like what more I can do like to help people out in that aspect. Um, who am I looking to connect with? Um, another great question. I struggle uh, with that one. You know, I would love to get a workout in with a rock. So if you have any connections, <laughs> I'll pull my strings. <laughs> this, is my, this is my shout out. If there are any connections to the rock, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, listen, I'm ready. <laughs> I think we, I think you just sparked an idea. I, I almost like take the next two months and dedicate myself to getting in touch with the rock. And like, I bet I could do it. Who knows? Anyway. There we go. <laughs> Ash, you are a shining example of, you know, what I, the message I'm trying to get out just in general to everybody I talk to with this podcast, the give first mentality. You know, people ask me and, and, and I'm sure they ask you, how did you get here? How, wh what did you do? What's the secret sauce? And I will sound repetitive to the day I die. I don't care. It's go find good people. Yeah. get to know them and help them that's it like they will help you in return and I think um you are going to be doing this for a very long time I think you have already touched a lot of people's careers and I think uh I don't know I'm grateful to call you a new friend I'm incredibly <laughs> excited to see where our relationship goes and um as you know, if there's absolutely anything I can do for you, you just let me know. But Ash, unless you have anything else for me, um, I think that was absolutely a fantastic display of exactly <laughs> uh, what I was hoping for on this episode. So I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks a bunch. My uh, final thought is just don't be a shitty human and put something good out into the world today. Absolutely. If you can do one thing, it is just put one energy, piece of energy of good out there. All right. Well, listen, Ash, I'm going to go <laughs> do my good deed for the day. Great. The best. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, for the listeners, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys thank soon. Thank you much. All righty. To learn more about Ash, connect with her on LinkedIn. For more information on Clear, please visit clearme.com.